Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 126. We are covering the first major championship of 2020, the PGA Championship, plus the English Championship on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have Golf Betting System's European Tour expert, Paul Williams, and naturally, podcast pundit, Barry O'Hanrahan. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. First major championship, if my maths is correct, for, is it... uh, 13 months, something it's like get, that? Getting on for 13 months. Yeah, so it was the Open Championship back end of July last year, wasn't it? So, yeah, 12 and a half, 13 months in that kind of bracket. Long old time. Long and old now time. we've got three in the next four, three months, three and a half. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Masters is a bit of an outlier, isn't it? And by this time yeah. next year, we'll have had seven in a year. Of, cl- of course, if COVID doesn't close the whole planet down. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Visit Golf Bank System with betting previews containing tips, masses of tournament statistics, and our predictor model, all available completely free of charge, no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We are available on social media. On Twitter, Paul is at Golf Betting, Barry's at A Good Talk Golf, I'm at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. I'll just let another 10 people join the group this morning. The link is available in the description box. Please look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel, where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I've already recorded the PGA Championship show in a collar and tie. First time I've worn a tie, clearly for 13 months. Uh, please mm. take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. Please, 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 that's three pleases. Can we have some good reviews this week on Apple Podcasts? It would be much appreciated. And the reviews, the good reviews, it just gives Apple Podcasts the thumbs up that the uh, podcast, of course, is the kind of quality that they're looking to promote. So, uh, it, you know, it just helps to keep everything free at Golf Betting System. Here's a review for you. Uh, the title of it is, If you're betting golf, this is this pod is a must. It's from Jasper Libraman, who is in the United States of America. Thank you, Jasper. I've been listening to the Golf Betting System podcast for just over a year, and my wallet couldn't be more thankful. The amount of knowledge and analytical data Steve, Barry and Paul provide in each episode is truly amazing. The Golf Betting System website is also an incredible tool when researching tournaments. Currently on a five-week outright winner hot streak, and I have to admit that they're a huge reason why. Can't recommend this pod enough to anyone looking to pick some winners. Also, a big shout-out to Nagel's Bagels Wednesday night show, another must-watch. I must admit, I always watch Nagel's Bagels on a Thursday morning because I can't, I can't um, go live and watch it because of uh, the time difference over in the UK. So thank you, Jasper, for that. Much appreciated for that uh, quality review. Five stars. The question, the question is, Jasper, what are you backing if you're on a five-week winning streak? <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we're managing to dodge winners like uh, like they're going out of fashion here at the moment. 
I just um, I don't want to go into last week because I know all of us will likely jump out of the window and we're we're above ground level at the moment. But um, I had at the Barracuda last week the first round leader. I had the second round leader who was a different player. I had three in the top ten on Sunday morning and didn't earn a penny. I almost swore. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. And I know, and I know you're putting up people one week and they win the next. That's happening a lot recently. <laughs> oh, so dang. at some time, at some point, the stars will align. It could be this week, chaps. Let's hope so. Yeah, it's been been a frustrating period, isn't it? It's, uh, I know, Barry, you had a, a challenging week as well um, last week, and uh, for me, Ches. Reevy managed to throw away two thirds of his place money over the last two holes. He was Ch- one off the lead at one oh, point. Yeah, yeah, and he missed a few short parts as well. You know, you're looking at it and yeah. thinking, well, this guy's actually got an outside chance of winning the tournament here, and um, he really did. Yeah, he's, um, yeah. Co- cost me as well. I jumped on the back. I jumped on that bet, same as you, Paul. Um, Jason Day decided to bogey the last to chop up his place, and um, I had. Kepka outright, I kind of added him late after the reporter kind of antagonized him about his form coming into the event. Yeah. Um but I mean I backed him first round leader, which was nice. Um and that clicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of that made the week very good. But I mean yesterday I had Rosner in um Europe um had a I think he had a double and two or three bogeys in the final round, missed the places by a bit. I had him in had him doubled with Day as well. I'd Seamus Power for very nice um payout on the each way and he just yeah he was tight he was tied ninth wasn't he yeah yeah and he like he, it was just one of those days he was uh one over on the three par fives and i think that's your difference there you know makes just plays them one under par and we're all good um so yeah it was a bit of a brutal sunday so let's uh let's hope uh things flip around this week and um, we hit a big live in hope live in major hope. championship golf this week gentlemen I think it's a different ball game, and um, the hundred second PGA Championship being played on a brand new golf course that they've never played a major on. It's TPC Harding Park in San Francisco, California. Um, Paul and I did a research podcast, which was the previous episode. If you want to listen to re- into real detail around the course uh, trends around. Um, you know, kind of uh, player skills that are required to win a PGA Championship, um, what players have done before winning a PGA Championship. Paul's done a, a great piece on there just taking trends of what previous winners have looked like and given a final list of players that are in the mix for this. Was Ricky in that list, Paul? Ricky Fowler? No, no Ricky. Oh uh, no Ricky in that one. Right, okay. Not that I'm giving away Barry's tips at all. Um, Ricky's not in that. That's amazing. I, I genuinely thought last week when I saw him at the top of the leaderboard, Barry, that he'd hang on and win by five or six, but he just seemed to go backwards again. A bit like Emiliano Grillo. I don't, I don't know if there's any traits there. Yeah, it was funny. Ricky just had a poor Sunday all round, just a bad day. I think it was, look, I'm going to, uh, we'll them. get into it, but it might have been a strategic sandbagging, you know. Okay. I like, I like, <laughs> I like your thinking. Um, so... New golf course. Now, uh, we're looking at, and there's various statistics out there, but the PGA website is saying it's 7,200-yard par 70. 
there's rumours out there that can extend it up to about 7,400. I haven't seen that personally, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it looks a great course. Um, it's literally half a mile drive from the uh, Pacific coast. Uh, but actually, you don't really see the sea. It's more all surrounded a lake called Lake Merced. Uh, that's down the right-hand side, or the eastern side of the golf course. And the other side of the lake is the Olympic Club, where they hosted the 2012 US Open, won by Webb Simpson. So uh, Simpson had success within about... Well, you can see it the other side of the golf course. So uh, Simpson had some success here quite recently. Um Interestingly enough, at that US Open, Jim Furyk came very close to winning that, and Padraig Harrington, remember, going back. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, yeah, I remember you with Padraig. <laughs> uh, and Jim Furyk was in the semi-finals here when they played the 2015 World Golf Championship uh, match play, which was here in 2015. Now, the winner of that was Rory McIlroy. He defeated Gary Woodland in the final, and the semi-finalists were Danny Willett, and Jim Furyk. So there's some um, some course or some players that have done well on this course in the past. This course will play differently, though. Back then, it was a 7,100-yard past 71. It's now an extended 7,236-yard, I think it is, par 70. Now, I don't know about you chaps, but when I look at the arrangement of the golf course, it's a classical old-style course. But it's surrounded, uh, fairways are surrounded by cypress trees. It looks very, it, it's a beautiful looking golf course. Um, it's 7,234 yards to be precise. Um, but what got to me was that it looks, a lot of the holes are very straight ahead of you. It reminded me of a short Firestone South where they used to play the World Golf Championship, the Firestone. A lot of dead straight holes. Um, a f- I think there's three dog legs and two of those suited a draw, a right to let left shot. Um, and there's a dr- there's two drivable par fours, one on the front, one on the back. The one on the back has Lake Merced on the left hand side as you're looking from the green, and also you would like a a cut there. You'd like a you'd like a fade. That's a that's a right that's a left to right fading hole that. And I think those par fours, those two drivable par fours and the two par fives this week could be the, the holes that actually change the tournament itself. But we'll get into that in a little bit more detail uh, later on. Um, things to take from this this week. I don't think this is going to be a typical PGA Tour event. I don't think we're going to see soft greens. I don't think we're going to see soft fairways. I don't think we're going to see 22 under winning like we did at the RBC Heritage a few weeks ago. Yeah. And actually, if you look at recent PGA Tour events, going back to the 3M Open, you know, 19 under, Workday, 19 under, Rocket, 23 under, Travellers, 19 under, Heritage, 22 under. PGA Tour are really creating a monster where pretty much all the all the all the tournaments are really the same. Soft mm. golf courses, receptive greens. Let's shoot away, boys. This is proper golf this week. This is a major we're going to have. And this is the really fascinating bit. They've uh, they've basically reduced the fairway widths by up to 50% from the WGC we saw in 2015. They've actually moved the fairways as well. Um, 
to reprofile them. So they've moved the fairways over two years to basically bring more hazards into play. So cypress trees more into play, bunkers more into play, and out of bounds more into play. Uh, so the fairways are as thin as 22 yards this week on some of the holes. And we are seeing masses and masses and masses of videos and footage and pictures of deep four, four and a half inch uh, Kentucky bluegrass and ryegrass rough this week that looks so lush, so deep, so appalling. So for me, long and straight, it's a PGA Championship. I don't actually think it's going to be much different this week to what we, we see pretty much year in, year out. Long and straight is just the way ahead. Top, top level driving is going to give you so many opportunities this week. I think, I think the cook. Go on, Barrett. Uh, go on, Paul. Sorry. Yeah, so I, I, I think I think you're right. I don't think they're going to make it U.S. Open style. I don't think it's going to no. be so brutal that you're. You no. know, if you miss the fairways, you're chopping out sideways, and you know you're taking your chances with a wedge. I, I, I can't see that. That's the objective here. We we often see with these PGA Championships that the target score is, you know, give or take ten under par. And I, I think um, within a shot or two, you probably find that that's where. Yep. The uh, the organisers will end up navigating the winning winning total too. Clearly, they've got some flexibility with the track, um, and as you said, the there's, there's been quite a lot of um, you know I don't know discussion and um, you know disagreement really with what the the setup's going to be and how long it's going to play. And I think you'll find that they do flex it quite considerably um, over the course of the four days to make it a different test each of the four days. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I don't think it'll be so difficult that they they, they struggle like no. a US Open. But equally, I don't think it will be one of these, as you say, kind of homogenous run of the mill twenty under par winning totals. So, bit Bubba of a Wat- bit of a change. Bubba Watson mentioned on Sunday post final round at Southwind. He said, "Oh, there's talk in the locker room and with the pros that it's going to be US, you know a US Open style PGA." I'm I'm with you. I think eight ten under that kind of level. This is this was a quote from Kerry Haig, PGA of America Chief Championships Officer. He sets the golf courses up, and actually, I'm sure you two will probably agree, um, he does it very well each year. And he always says, "I haven't got a target score. I let the golf course be the star." But this was a quote that I that I heard the other day. The greens at TPC Harding Park are generally not severe greens in terms of slopes, which should allow us to get the greens fairly quick. That's appropriate for the best players in the world. So I think it's going to be stringent tee to green. I think the greens are going to be releasing. And I think you're going to have to have some kind of short game. Because if you're missing greens, short game's going to say, it's major championship golf at the end of the day. be interesting to see just how firm it does end up being. Because we've all seen the pictures on on, uh, social media of um, early morning fog there coming in, which uh, should, should help to... Keep the uh, keep the course a little less dry, but equally, and uh, we touched on this during the um, preview uh, pod back in the last week. There's been very little rain there for for two or three months now, from 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 what you told us before, Steve. Whatever rain is or moisture is on that golf course will will be um, during the morning, and also what the organisers, Kerry Haig and his team there, decide to put on that golf course. But as you said, I can't see this getting crazy US Open style um, firm either because we're only going to be seeing temperatures, you know, 13, 14 degrees Celsius when they're teeing it up first thing in the morning. 
So it's nippy. This this isn't going to be your typical humid, ninety you know ninety ninety five degrees Fahrenheit golf tournament that we see in the states. Yeah. It's going to be nippy in the mornings. It's going to be a little bit of wind, nagging wind throughout, and the temperatures are going to get to about twenty degrees Celsius maximum. It feels very Northern European. It has to be said. I think that there's going to be releasing the greens. I think it's not. I just, I just don't see it being anywhere near a U.S. Open style of golf course in terms of its winning score. No, I don't think they want that though. No, they don't the, 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 because they have their identity of <clears throat> well, best player wins in, in as much in as much as they can. But yeah, exactly. Just not not to try trick the field. They just try. They present a challenge, but it's not overly nuts like some of us opens have been i mean and all these all the pictures and you know videos we're seeing of the rough they have i mean we don't know what their plan is for this week they could chop that back down yep. to two two and a half inches yep. and you know knowing what the weather is going to be and that the course will get firm and fast it's the effective width of those fairways is just even tighter than their actual width if it is yeah. if there is a bit of run on the ball and, and maybe they just let the rough grow throughout the week mm kind of like what they did at memorial you know they, they chopped it down and they just let it grow and, and and see how the course progresses so it's um yeah it's certainly the mornings based on what we know there'll be a bit of receptiveness to the golf course and you know maybe that's something to keep in mind for first round leader bets when we get to that part of the show and then yeah afternoons and if the sun is there and it dries out a little bit you'll get a bit of pop in the place um yeah, I don't think we have any... There's no sub-air system in the greens or anything like that, is there? I don't think it's something that's needed there. No, I've read, and it's a, it's a municipal, it's a public golf course, so I, yeah, I haven't so read unlikely. anything about sub-air. I, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. So it's just... It's 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 uh, it's whatever nature presents, yeah. so it's it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, it certainly has tilted me towards players who can, like, battle and grind a bit, Um that yeah, that sort of style of player uh, has kind of wound, you know, wound up being in my bets. In my mind, this will work to two kind of players. It will work to those that are typically PGA Championship positive, long off the tee, relatively straight, great long iron game, and a, and a bit of a bit of a short game when they're in trouble. You know, just elite players in general. Or it will play to guys that um, are dead straight off the tee. A metronomic GIR uh, and have got a very good long iron game. A, I don't know, a Cesarevi, for example, Paul. That kind of player. I don't know if you backed him. I'll be interested to see if you've backed him after he dicked you last. Uh, last we, will, we will find out. We'll find out. <laughs> the other kind of player it might favour are the scrambling sorts, as you know, the, as the kind of players that can only play soft golf courses disappear for the miscut. Those that can hang around your Jason Days, your Jordan Spieths, your Kevin Kisners, as you know, the courses get more difficult. Mark Leishman's, they hang around while others check out. That that's the kind of major, you know, players that you see uh, quite regularly at the top of leaderboards as that golf course becomes completely alien to most PGA Tour players. And you know, if you've if you've actually got a little bit of open championship heritage, some you know you've got some form in in Europe. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing either. I actually think it's going to play to the strengths of of a lot of European players this week. That's where I'm kind of at. Okay. Um, 
I suppose we should start talking about players who we fancy, who we don't fancy. What I'll quickly mention, though, is our uh, predictor model. I have pulled together a, a published predictor model, as I do each and every week on the PGA Tour. Uh, you can come and use it completely free of charge at Golf Betting System. Um, the one thing I'm going to point out quickly is that Bet Fred this week have gone for a their record ever nine. They've never paid out nine places each way at a major. They are this week. I've never seen so many. Um, I've never seen so many each way place uh, boosts that yeah, we've yeah. seen for this PGA. It's I mean, we've got isn't it? it's a crazy. We've got Betfair at tens, ten places. We've got Paddy Power at ten places. We've got Boyle Sports at ten places. We've got William Hill at nines. We've also got Bet Fred at nines. And the thing that grabs me with Bet Fred as well is that their prices are very, very on point this week. So personally, on my tips, I've actually gone on my bets. I've gone for a balance of less each way places, still extended, but better odds. So you can either go down the, I want to maximise my places and get have a short price, or I want to maximise my price and actually have some extended places. That's kind of where you're at. Uh Betfred are a great balance. Um, if you open up an account this week, if you're in the UK and Northern Ireland, they're offering a bet £10, get £30 in free bets. Offer for new customers, plus 30 free spins at the Betfred Casino via Golf Betting System. You will need the, the promo code SPORTS60. Key terms and conditions, of course, available at Golf Betting System. Come and find us. Just type the brand or type golf betting tips into a search engine of your choice and you will come and find us. There is no paywall. Now, I'll take you through my top 10 on the predictor model. 10, Shane Lowry. If I mention each way places, all are 50 odds. Shane Lowry is 10 in the predictor, 70 to 1 we bet 365, 8 places each way. 9 is Webb Simpson. We've already mentioned him winning at the um, Olympic Club. 30 to 1 with the Unibet, 7 places each way. Eight is Jason Day, 40 to 1 with William Hill, nine places each way. Seven is Bryson DeChambeau, 16 to 1 with Bet Fred, nine places each way. Six is Jordan Spieth, 66 to 1 with Bet 365, eight places each way. Five, Hideki Matsuama, 40 to 1 with Bet Fred, nine places each way. Top four, McElroy at four, 14 to 1 with Bet 365, eight places each way. Thomas at three, 10 to 1 with Bet 365, eight places each way. Two is Brooks Kepka, the two-time reigning PGA champion. Ten to one with Betfred, nine places each way. And number one, and he was number one by a long way. You know my maths, Paul, it isn't the best. It looked to me as if it was like a score that was 30% or bigger than the guy in second, <clears throat> Brooks Kepka. Yep. Dustin Johnson, who's actually lengthened overnight. 22 to one, you can have him up for. William Hill, nine places each way. I would love to go back, and I would, I could go back, but I haven't had the time to just see the last time that Dustin Johnson was twenty-two to one in a major championship. Yeah, and coming in with a, a reasonable finish last week as well. It's not uh, not as if he's completely off the boil um, as he was at the three M. But I think you can kind of write that off as a. What was he doing day. at the three M? That's no, my no argument. Idea. What the hell was he doing there? I mean, it was either a good check, but. His scheduling was awful. He shouldn't have even been at the tournament. No. And people, oh, he's not in great nick. Well, he couldn't no, be bothered. He didn't want to be wasn't, there. Wasn't should, absolutely just should not have been playing in the first place. And uh, last week, a lot more like his usual self. Mm. Okay, how do you want to play this, guys? Do we should we canter through the top of the market, or should we just go into who we're selecting, or 
do you want to talk about guys that you've you've really had a close look at and you've kind of not quite bitten on them, and then well, you've yeah. gone on to to bet your your bets or what? How do you want to play? Them? We, we we might well have converged on some of the similar players near the top. I mean, I'm, personally, I've only got one that I've backed who's in that kind of bracket that you've talked through there. I don't, what about you, Barry? Have you got anyone near the top? Or have you gone deeper into your into your list? Uh, I've had to go deep, that deeper, yeah. I mean, I think hmm, of the of the top two, like Thomas and Kepka. I if I had to put a match bet on that, I would back Kepka this week over Thomas. Um, but again, like ten to one. I mean, come on. <laughs> I want I want something you know. I want something more exciting than that. I don't want to you know, be putting a whole load of points on one player. Yeah. Um, Interesting quote uh, I read from JT last night where. He said that having looked at the course, then he's going to have to rapidly learn how to play a draw to be able to get himself around the track. Which um, I guess for, yeah, for backers, there's quite a few, quite a few draws there on you know just looking at the course mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's certainly inf- you know it would be an influential factor in you know bets you're considering. Yeah. Um, or I mean, at least it should be, especially if it's firm and fast, because you need that ball shaping with the. With the contours of the course, um, to not run into the rough. Yeah. So I mean, but Kepka plays a small baby fade as well, you know, um, and we saw a couple of times he tried to hit that draw in the heat of the moment um, on the on Sunday. Uh, it didn't work out so well. Yeah, and I think if, if you can if you can be straight, then you're probably just about okay. Um, it's, uh, yeah. As, as is often the case with these classical tracks, you're going to have to be able to manoeuvre the ball one way or the other, or just be very very accurate. I counted uh, three dog, round. yeah. I counted three dog legs. Two of them favoured the draw, undoubtedly. Yeah, yeah. undoubtedly. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, per- no, personally, just, yeah. just to just just to give my view on the top two. I think I would be in the same camp as you if I was opting for one or other. I think I'd be going Kepka here. Um, JT's clearly just got um, a win under his belt, and he has gone bang bang in the past, hasn't he? Um, but uh, equally, he's just made it back to world number one. Um, a lot of mental energy will have been expended last week. I mean, like, likewise, Kepka's going to have uh, um, expended a fair amount, uh, not converting the opportunity he had last week as well. Um, but um, perhaps that will spur him on to, to bigger things. I know you fancy yeah, Kepka, that's Stephen. M- motivational batteries for Kepka, mm-hmm. isn't it really? Or energy. Yeah. I w- if you're looking at the forecast here, we can talk about this um, first round leader. It seems to me that you definitely want players that are on the AM side of Thursday, because it looks to me as if the co- the, the wind's going to be getting up in the afternoon, and it depends what weather station you look at. And you know, it's golf by the coast. We've always said you can never really rely, but this this particular wind finder, um, um, it's San Francisco San Francisco Zoo for complete. Um, visibility it's saying that as of thursday afternoon uh, towards the end of play it could be gusting up to 30 miles an hour and at eight o'clock in the morning there is no wind um and when you look at it in the afternoon on the friday you know it's only going to be gusting up to 15 miles an hour and it's pretty consistent across all all the day so to me thursday morning starters might have quite a considerable advantage here now we can't tell that sitting here right now because the draw the draw hasn't come out. But if I was if I was backing first round leader, I, I'd be backing targeting people that are at the latter end of the morning uh, the morning rollout. 
from what I'm yeah. seeing. A little bit warmer, but with the um, with the wind yeah. not having fully picked up. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take a proper look at first round leader tomorrow morning here UK time once we've seen that draw. Because yeah. I think you're right. I think there's enough of a bias to suggest that you um, you could pick out some nuggets by uh, by by waiting and holding fire and seeing uh, seeing and what it, the what the draw. If you're out. playing DraftKings as well, you could really stack up some lineups that's AM f- f- focused. Yeah, you know, so that's an angle this week potentially. But just in just in general, we know we're, we're looking at fourteen. You know, the, the more it's going to be eighteen degrees, the warmest I'm seeing on this forecast. So eighteen to twenty degrees Celsius. It's not warm. It's very European in its climate. Um, okay, so we're basically saying in general then Kepka over Thomas. I've backed Kepka, but you know I backed him at twenty to one in twenty eighteen. I backed him at eleven to one when he was joint favourite last year. I don't really see much difference, to be honest. It's just that Kepka's come late to the party this season. I think his game last week was outstanding. He topped GIR. Um, his game in terms of strokes gain approach, I think he was top, he topped strokes gain approach as well. He was third for strokes gain T to green. You could just see that hunger. I think that question he, he got from the reporter did actually rile him up. But as he said, you know, I'm peaking from ages. That's, that's what he does. So for me, I, I can't dis- I can't, in a world where I'm seeing Thomas at ten to one, Kepka at ten to one, Ram at fourteen to one, and Rory at fourteen to one, it's, it it doesn't really come into my psyche to be honest. I'd pick Kepka. He's a big game hunter. I'm surprised yeah. that Deshambo, um, Deshambo showed very little last week, and he's kind of just trying to bridge the gap out to sixteen to one between uh, himself and Chauflay and Dustin Johnson, eighteens. And twenty-two to one, respectively. Uh, either of you back Xander? I no. no do you know, I, I haven't. I'm still in two minds as to whether or not. Um, clearly, apart from that snowman that he made last week, he played some really nice stuff. Um, but then, I don't think you can afford yourself that kind of mistake, particularly at a major championship. And. Uh, I don't know. Slightly longer price, I could, I could be. I tempted isn't the right word. If he was a slightly longer price, I'd probably be all over it. But so. what would you back him at? Thirty-three, twenty-eight, something like that. Eighteen to one, and being backed in just feels a little. Short. I, I, I suspect he'll be in the mix, and you, you may well get an each way payout at eighteen to one. And you know, if you're quite happy with that, then. So be it. Um, I, just, struggling. just like just one note on Xander. I mean, he's got he has four wins, but three of them are limited field events: mm. the Tour Championship, the WGC HSBC Champions, and the Century Tournament Champions. Oh, Barry. So like two of them, extremely limited events. Barry, and you're severely pissing off Nagel's bagels here by <laughs> saying this. Oh my God, he hates well, he hates he, people he, who he, say that. Sorry, but he, sorry, he, 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 but it's true. <laughs> but it's true. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna start. But it's true. Uh, though, it's true. Though, a isn't fight it? here. Three of his I'm just wins. gonna go with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with facts when I'm making my cases uh, against players mm-hmm. and uh, raw emotion when I'm making cases for the players I've backed. So I think it's quite logical. Um, no, but it's just it's interest. It's just an interesting point to to consider when you're looking at what's Sanders shot shame standard, Barry. Is he a drawer or a fader? I, I, I think it's pretty neutral. Maybe a tiny bit. One way or the you know, 
I'm not actually. I actually couldn't tell you no. <laughs> to be honest. I think I think he's reasonably neutral. Um, so let me see. Can I pull up a uh, a video uh, here to to have a look? You'd categorise him as both. He can move the balls both ways. Yeah. Interesting. The only thing I'll say is I, I, I'll, I'll throw my piece into this. Xander at 18s or Dustin Johnson, a 21-time PGA Tour winner and a one-time major winner at 22s. I think personally this golf course and a PGA, PGA Championship setup suits Dustin Johnson so well. And a par 70 even better. When I looked at the predictor model, there weren't many par 70 players better in the past five years than Dustin Johnson. And the longer you make the course, the better. I think that's um, the, the, the predictor, which has been absolutely flying as in since the restart, to be fair. The predictor's picked out a number of winners. Um, it does give you a statistical view as to the most likely fit for this. And um, the one player I've backed as well, and I know you you have, is Dustin Johnson at the top of that, top of that part of the market. Um, and I think there was enough last week. We, we talked about in the preview show, didn't we, having a, um, a strong performance, a strong finish, typically a top 15, but you could extend that out to top 28, top 30, couldn't you, the week before um, this particular major championships. And 12th place last week was absolutely spot on. And um, yeah, aside from that 3M debacle, which I think you've just got to erase from the record books effectively, uh, twenty-two to one for a player who has a live chance here is um, is uh, it's got to be uh, got to be considered. I think. Yeah, but your spreadsheet backers don't like events like that. Where you know they don't like a na- they they like consistent statistics. You know, um, <laughs> and and he hasn't got them, and that's why you're getting twenty-two to one about him. He was sixth. Have an answer. Sixth for. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, go cool. No, just to jump. And- I have the answer on Xander. Yeah. He, he can he hits it both ways. Yeah. Useful. He racked. This was Justin Johnson last week. Sixth for driving distance. Seventeenth for total driving. Seventh for greens in reg. Thanks for coming. Ninth for strokes gained tee to green and tenth for putting average. Putts per greens in regulation. If his putt wasn't a bit warmer, he'd have been right up there. And that to me is the perfect warm up for a PJ Championship. I'll tell you what else as well. I'll throw these stats at you. These are the driving distances of the eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I'm taking 2013 Oak Hill out of this because Oak Hill was basically like playing Harbour Town. It was so short and claustrophobic and Jason Duffner won. But on a typical PGA Championship golf course where power matters, these are the total uh, all drives of the winner. So if I'm looking at the PGA Tour stats... All drives, this is where the guys that have won ranked that particular year. Kepka 9th, Kepka 5th, Thomas 7th, Jimmy Walker 21st, Jason Day 3rd, McElroy 2nd, McElroy 4th, Keegan Bradley 26th. So that's driving distance, all drives. That's what you need at a PGA Championship. Someone that picks up the driver a lot and hits it a long way. And actually, when you look at Rory McIlroy and Gary Woodland, who got to the final here, they're exactly the same kind of players. Hit the ball. And it's, they're total drivers, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And when, when DJ's playing well, he's, 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 very, he's a very good driver, isn't he? Seventh for Greens regulation last week, which caught my eye as well. So clearly his irons are mm. in decent nick as well. 
Um, well, you know, you can talk about his immediate form. He won the Travellers, didn't he, not so long ago. So He's know. not exactly playing badly, is it? No, yes, he was rubbish at see. Memorial. He couldn't be bothered. He was rubbish at the uh, 3M Open, was it? Well, he shouldn't have even been there. And then last week, he, he said that he had a bit of a bad back so he could get off on the Thursday afternoon and get on his private jet <laughs> in, um, in Minnesota. And lo and behold, he turns out, oh, yeah, the back's feeling a bit better, guys. I've had a bit of a work on it. And I'm actually going to actually play a little bit better this week, and sure enough, he does. I think I think Dustin Johnson's prime for this. I really do. So he'll probably miss a two footer on the 72nd green to win. <laughs> well, if he gets that far, losing a playoff. Yeah, if he gets that far, at least you've had to run for your money at 26 exactly. to one. So at the top, I'm going for Kepka, and I'm going for Dustin Johnson. Those are my two selections, and Paul's also doubling up on DJ. Mm. Let's go further down the betting list. Where are your next? Where are your next bets actually at? I mean, where where are you at with the Cantlay, a Simpson, a Woods, a, a Matsuama, a Berger, a Reed? Are you got any? Of you guys back Reed? I know that you've been talking about Patrick Reed a lot in recent pods. I'm still, yeah, I you know I've only I've, other than DJ, I've only backed two other players at this point. But the the players that are still sitting staring me in the face with a big question mark, and um, one of which is Patrick Reed, and mm. um, and. If he was hitting a, a few more greens, just a few more, I think I, I wouldn't even hesitate. And, and perhaps I shouldn't, because going back to your intro and the kind of uh, the way you, you described the course and the different type of players that could do well here, um, I, think a, I think a scrambler and a putter could get around this track, could, could, could go and win the tournament. Um, 45 to 1 is that Patrick Reed's sweet spot in, the, in that kind of 40, 50 to 1 bracket where he's kind of unfancied to, to a certain degree, but you know damn well he can still win the golf tournament. And if the right to left shot shape is a an advantage here, then you know this guy's won, won at Augusta National. Mm. And he's putting very, very well. He's been putting very, very well for weeks now. It's just that iron play. And yeah. what's difficult to gauge is how important it's going to be to, to, to be accurate and to, to hit greens because if everyone's missing fairways if everyone's missing greens then it could well come down to a to a grind fest and a you know a, a, a you know a chipping and putting contest as to who can survive the longest and manage to keep hold of their score and if that's the case then Patrick Reed's prime he's an incredible player around the greens he's got you know he's playing, putting extremely well um, I just I haven't quite pulled the trigger, and as I talk, I'm mm. probably getting closer to pulling the trigger because I'm kind of semi convincing myself. Um, Forty five to one, oh, I don't know. I might, might just have to pay to find out. Really, it's uh, it's tough. And I've been on the last couple of weeks and just hasn't quite fired. And what's been the problem? Greens. I think it's a yeah. It's, yeah, it's a little bit of the, just the the full tee to green. Hasn't it? You'd like to see him hitting yeah, the, a few more fairways, the, the dr- wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, erratic yeah. The dr- off the tee. The, Very erratic. The driver has not been, yeah, the off the tee has not been great, and that's you know causing the prop, the knock on problems in in getting upping his greens and regs. So it's just, yeah, it's that, it's that price again. It's just the, the unpopularity of him drives his price up. You know, um. You know, you've got look. Going back to the original question, like Cantley, Simpson, Woods, Morikawa, Matsuyama, like Cantley, yeah, great chance, too short for me. Um, 
for for, for him as a player. Um, but yeah, can definitely see him up there. Uh, in in some respects, I don't know if he's a winner uh, or not. That's uh, to be determined. Webb Simpson, yeah, well, I have a history at Webb, so he won't be getting my money regardless. If, if it was a one horse race, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiger, I don't too many unknowns really with Tiger. If he wins, I'll just fanboy it and just enjoy watching him win it. Um, Morikawa is interesting, actually. You know, university here will know the place. Mm. Phenomenal long game, you know, yeah. long iron player. Um, he reminds me of his game is a very similar game to Rory McIlroy's apart from the fact he's 20 yards less off the tee although he can get it out there 300 yards see I'd call him a young Adam Scott for a long game yeah and Adam Scott would be a perfect fit for around here wouldn't he I mean there's I mean there's one you know Adam Scott was he out at 66 66 that is a Amazing price. And he's been on the track practicing for the last few days as well. He's been there with his jumper, hasn't he? Looking gorgeous, Adam Scott, <laughs> playing lots and lots of rounds while they were all sweltering down in TPC Southwind, mm. Memphis. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the one player who you think could get you know, parachuted into a golf course after not being seen for three months and actually win a big tournament. Because he didn't he do it actually at Torrey Pines this year? He's got he's got a tendency to do that kind of thing because he plays so sporadically, doesn't he? And you, you can kind did, of assume that means that he's going to be rusty, but he puts so much effort into his. Uh, didn't he win the practice. Masters, Paul? He won the Masters, if I remember correctly, and literally he finished third at Doral in February, and they didn't see him again for like yeah. eight weeks, and he comes up and wins the Masters in twenty thirteen. It's one of those that when you look at Masters trends, he kind of bucks it because you've got a lot of players who've kind of built up to it and, uh, and shown some form, or at least played some tournaments for a start. And then uh, then Adam Scott kind of slaps you around the face and says, well, you don't need to be, you know, playing in all of these warm-up tournaments to, to get yourself Masters ready. He's, he's clearly got his own agenda and he's clearly got his own methodology in terms of getting himself um, sharp for these uh, tournaments. And It wouldn't surprise you to see him playing well this week because, as you say, the, the, the track would kind of suggest that it, Plays to his strengths. Morikawa, sixteenth for fairway proximity this year, thirty-fifth from one hundred and fifty to one hundred and seventy-five, and he's eighth for irons, one seventy-five to two hundred. He's in the top eighty or so for over two hundred. I think he's iron play. For me, Morikawa, he'll make bogeys, but he'll make if 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 this course is going to allow birdies, and it will do, because Kerry Hague said that's a PJ Championship setup. Morikawa's game is so sweet with the irons and so straight off the tee. He was something incredible last week. His numbers off the tee last week were outstanding. He drove the ball beautifully. Um, He was third for total driving last week and he was ninth for strokes gained off the tee. Finished with a four under 66. And yeah, he went to he went to university here, so he played the golf course a lot. I was thinking this this morning, Paul. You know, when you go back to Loughborough, you, you love it there, don't you? It brings you back all those memories of being at university, all those positive vibes of the parties. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I can remember parts of it. Yeah, and, and it's the same for me lazy. going going back to Birmingham. I always go to but oh, I love Birmingham. I really enjoyed my time here. Just think, Collins going back to San Francisco, where he was educated, where he played all of his golf. 
and he's just hitting the ball beautifully. So mm. I'm on board Morikawa. I'm 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 going to, I'm going down the route of if you're good enough you're old enough and um, I think Morikawa's got a great game this week I really do for this golf course so I'm on at thirty five to one with Ben yeah. Fred. I know with the preview pod again we did some some, some analysis that took us through the players that fit statistically and uh, Colin Morikawa was one of the players who made the final cut of eight players in the end who fit every criteria that we'd kind of outlined in that uh, the written um, preview piece that you've put on the site. And uh, Do you know who the other eight were? Uh, yeah. Stay there one second and I will tell you. Yeah, from... Um, well, this, this was um, world ranking as it was at the time. Clearly, it's changed since then. He's 12th um, in the world, Morikawa. Can you get your head yeah. around that? He's only played 25 professional golf oh, tournaments. He's 12th in the world? He's absolutely Hello. Flying, isn't he? Um, this this was the ranking at the time, and um, from from top to bottom in terms of the top eight it was John Rahm, um, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Bryson, Patrick Cantlay, Colin Morikawa, Tommy Fleetwood, and Tony Finau, who made all of the criteria that uh, that we'd outlined. Again, you know, you, you can take all of it with a pinch of salt because. You know, some other facts, some unknown facts could come and uh, come and be a real influence this week. But in terms of you know players needing the, the right type of form coming in, the right driving distance, the right kind of shot shape in terms of strokes gained off the tee and tee to green, and performances on classical tracks in the past, that kind of stuff, throwing it all in the mix um, and and pulling out the the final shortlist was was those eight. Tony Finnell would be an interesting one because, as we discussed a few days ago, if he were to go ahead and win this, is the the kind of elusive tournament that's been uh, that's been there, and he hasn't quite managed to grab over the last few years. Um, it would be a bit of a coup for Tony, but um, but yeah, Colin Morikawa was in there. He was he's uh, very difficult to shake statistically, and as you say, he's absolutely flying through the ranks at the moment. I know, Barry, that you've backed someone in this juicy 40, 40, 40 to 50 range. Do you want to, do you want to take the listeners through it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I've backed Ricky. So, um, silence. Yeah, d- dead silence. I know. Um, I can hear the collective like gasp and dropping of phones or headphones. <laughs> Do you know, like he's he's been working hard on his game. Um, I'm seeing a lot of things when he's on the TV, which is quite regularly because he's pretty much always on the feature groups on Thursdays, and you know he's been popping up into the main coverage recently. The uh, I've watched him chip in a few times recently. Short game is sharp. Putting is coming along. Um, you know, he had a pretty brutal round on Sunday. You know, uh, kind of all areas of the game weren't firing, but for the rest of the, you know, his, his stats last week, he was positive strokes gained in all the categories. Um, you know, I just, there's something, something's just popped in my head and I just couldn't, I couldn't get it out. And so instead of fighting against it, I actually just said, right, listen to, listen to the spider senses and, and go with it. Um, I wonder if the lack of a crowd could actually work in his favor. You know, that expectation of the crowd because he is so popular amongst the fans, mm. the lack of a crowd might help just relieve that tiny bit of pressure. Mm. Um, 
yeah, I just, this course, like I've been, I've, you know, have read a couple of people commenting that it's, you know, it's got some similarities in, you know, what you require around Sawgrass. You know, he won the Players' Championship there five years ago. He's from California. So, look, all, all of these things are maybe me backing up the uh, the earworm that got into my head to back him in the first place. But um, I'm happy I'm happy with the bet. And 10 places each way, if, if he even just pops the places, uh, that's that's a good week. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut feel, Barry. And I know you've backed mm. Ricky... Um, a number of the majors in, in the in the recent past and I guess at 45 to 1 if you were to go and win it and you weren't on board then um, it would be rather disappointing for me if he's going to win um, I think he needs to be three or four maybe five shots off the pace going into the final day it, it tends to be when he's in that really strong contending position heading into the final day that he tends to go backwards and we yeah. saw it again yeah. at the weekend didn't we you might not have listened to this, Barry, because I doubt if you listened to our podcast last week. But these these are the prices of the first time major winners since twenty sixteen. Will it sixty sixes? DJ at sixteen to one, he bucks the trend. B would do. Stenson thirty threes, Walker one fifties, Kepka fifties. Kep. Um, we also had uh, Patrick Reed at fifties, Molinari thirties, Woodland eighties, as you know, Shane Lowry seventies. So actually. Forty-five to one, Ricky's first major wouldn't be out. Wouldn't be out of character on the price range. I'd rather be backing him at forty-five to one than Bryson DeChambeau at sixteens. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Just from a you know what kind of price wins a first-time major? Mm. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, it's fun. Bryson's been funny like last week. You know, just kind of floundering away a bit. Mm. Um, and I. I wonder if this is the kind of course that will expose that, um, you know, what we what, what looks to be a bit of a weakness in his short game uh, and his wedges. So, um, yeah, won't be having my money on Bryson this week, but we'll, like, it could be interesting to see how he goes. Yeah, uh, he's, he's cutting a bit more of a frustrated and um, increasingly eccentric figure now, I think, and... Mm. Yeah, if he has a fantastic driving week, he's going to be difficult to shift. Um, but his yeah. some of his misses are going to be if this rough really is as tough as it's you know as it's portrayed to be. Then I think um, he may, may well struggle if he's uh, if he's seriously offline on a few of his uh, few of his drives. We'll see. I wonder. I wonder if there's a bit of impetuousness from him, you know, thinking I've finally gone and solved this distance issue and I'm absolutely murdering the ball and I'm a good putter. And so I've got the distance thing solved. All I have to do is just like, you know, wedge it anywhere kind of on the greens. And and maybe this, you know, the frustrations we're seeing is because he expects to win every time he teases up because of what he perceives to be having unlocked the golf problem uh, with the distance. So, um, maybe there's a bit of an adjustment factor in his head to to wrap wrap his head around what he's actually got now to use, and it's not going to win every week. No, no, it's uh, and it'll be interesting to see how he takes it forward from here. Because you're right, that's that kind of that 50, 60, 70 yard um, pitching that if he can crack that, um, then he's going to be an incredible force. Well, Bryson's never. He a, Bryson hasn't top tend in a major either, is he? No. You should get a lesson from Justin Thomas on those shots. Oh, yeah. I mean, those were, they were sweet. some shots on Sunday. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Kupka couldn't do the same, could he, on the, on 16? 
that was I can't believe that shot didn't spin. No. I mean, incredible. What happened? It was so strange. It looked like it was perfect. It was just it, it started to check and then just went on. Yeah. No, it, it was just must have been a slightly strange contact, just not out of the sweetest spot of the wedge, and um, yeah. So look, yeah, that's that's where I am. I'm um, for my sins. Uh, I'm on Ricky Fowler. Yep. Yeah, good luck. Uh, just players. Thank you. I'll, t- I'll take it all. <laughs> players around this range. I mean, we better move on because we're 50 minutes in here. Um, I, I had a, I had a very close look at Louis Oosthuizen. You know, 80s. He hit the ball beautifully last week, Louis. And you know, with Louis, he actually pops up in majors. Um, I also had. You know you've got a you've got a bit of a thing with Ricky. I've got a bit of a thing with Phil Mickelson, and I've actually won on him in the past. You know, California Golf Course played really nicely last week, Phil. He actually hit some fairways. If if Patrick Reed was hitting the amount of fairways that Phil Mickelson was, you'd be really interested. And he's eighty to one this week, Phil. That seemed to be a big price. And you're talking about you know if it's firm, you need short game and scrap the ability to scramble. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Phil gets in the mix this week, you know. But, you know, call me a call me an idiot. The one that I've backed is Shane Lowry. I just yeah, I'm really excited about Shane Lowry this week. You know, we've been talking about European type conditions. It's by the coast. The 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 the, the conditions should be firmish. You know, they're not going to be soft, they're going to be firmish. We don't know if they're going to be fast, but they're going to be firmish. Um you know that we've got bent grass greens. We've got Poano in Poano on the course. We've got those kind of the the agronomy that he likes. Um, we mentioned at the top end that I felt it looked a similar kind of just the feel and the look of the course to a Firestone South where he's won in the past. You look at his PGA Championship record: last two, thirteenth and eighth. Um, he's set been second in U.S. Opens and top ten, another top ten in the U.S. Open. Oh, yeah, and he won the Open Championship last year. He's back with Bo, his long-term caddy, and guess what happened last week? First time they go out on the golf course together, they get a top 10 at St. Jude. And if you said to me, a court, you know, Shane Lowry on Bermuda in, you know, 33-degree heat in Tennessee, I'm not really in favour of it, but I'm in favour of him on a major championship golf course where driving the ball long and straight and having a short game is vital. I think it plays to all of Lowry's strengths. Mm-hmm. So I'm on him, 70 to 1. Yeah, there's a lot to like about yeah. Shane this week, I must say. Uh, yeah, I, I, I so much really so. Like, sweet stuff last week, Barry. Yeah, what, I mean, even just watching him on, watching things on, happen on Thursday, um, he was kind of, and because you've been mentioning him a lot recently as well, I've been really closely kind of keeping an eye on what he's doing and just watch him take off with a you know, couple of uh, couple of good scores early doors last week. I decided to grab an anti-post on him. So I have him at, 125 really? to 1 now. Oh, yeah. Man. So, fox uh, but, in the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. but it is five pl- it's five places, but we're going for the win, you know, obviously. So, yeah, it was I feel like I've won already with that bet. Wow. Juicy um, That is nice. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 my sweet spot for odds, like, right? <laughs> get get the big triple digits. So, look, I mean, I He's been playing, you know, you look at good. You, you, we've been saying all along um, oh, you know, he's been doing missing cuts, blah, 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 blah. But actually, I think the first few outings were awful. But 
you look at him over the last four tournaments, tee to green, he's been elite. But the putt has been absolutely shocking. And then last week, it started to thaw a little. Started to make a few putts. And that's what you want. Momentum coming into this. And he's long enough. Three, he averaged 308 off the tee last week and hit tons and tons of fairways. Beautiful. Just what you want at a PGA Championship. So, yeah, Lowry. Any bombs, boys? Bombs? Um, yeah, I've got a couple. Do you go first, bro? Go in there. No, go, go for a ball. Yeah, you go. Um, with the other two I've backed then, um, I've backed uh, Bubba Watson. At, so I got him 125 to 1 during the tournament last week. He's still available at 110 with eight places each way. Um, and for me, if that right to left shot shape works, then um, someone who's played well at the Masters in the past has got to, got to be in the consideration. Um, and we know Bubba's a two-time winner, so so that works in that respect. He showed some decent early season form, didn't he? Sixth at the Farmers, third in Phoenix, um, seventh from the restart, the Charles Schwab. Uh, not much since, but 25th last week. It masked the fact that if you go and look at his round from Saturday through Sunday, he was nine under through a 17-hole stretch, go, um, going from the second nine in, on Saturday into into Sunday before kind of taking his foot off the accelerator, just to show us that he was playing some very nice stuff. And on the week, first for total driving. Coming into a PGA Championship, one of the stats that I really look for is total driving the week before, the performance before, and first in the field last week. For total driving for Bubba Watson is um, a green light for me. So um, I've taken Bubba. The other one is uh, one William Chesney Reevy, who is available 100 to 1 and with nine places at the moment. I can't drop him. I mean, disappointing as it was last week, he still led accuracy um, from, from from off the tee last week. It's a shame he couldn't actually hit the fairway on either of those final two holes to uh, to get the four each way place. That would be nice, wouldn't it? For the man that's the straightest on tour, all of a sudden he's, <laughs> he's missing fairways in the heat of the battle. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah, on the 71st and 72nd hole, oh, that's good. Um, second for scrambling on the week last week. Shame he couldn't scramble on those final two holes either. But uh, so, you know, I've got I've got a short memory. I'll let him off. Um, he's getting far far better at these um, bigger events. That was his best world golf champ golf championship effort of his career last week. Um, third for us last year at the US Open where he paid out um, again at a three figure prize so um, I'll take him at 100 to 1 the only other two that I've backed thus far um, in this week's field what about you Barry? well 100 to 1 is uh price of one of my, one of my guys um, uh, Henrik Stenson you want somebody to hit fairways and hit approach shots. Mm-hmm. He's, he's your man. Yeah. Um, greens not being too tricky in terms of uh, undulations. No. You know, kind of a nice flat challenge. You know, that brings me back to uh, what uh, his Open Championship win. You know, greens not too crazy. I mean, obviously, these ones would be a little faster. 100 to 1. Just couldn't say no to that. Yeah. You know, he could click or he could completely bomb. I'm, I don't really care either way. <laughs> I so just uh, a good uh, one, one that I'm happy to be on board with, and uh, kind of looking back to um, the results of the WGC match play here, and you know, kind of in line with that, somebody who's a a good kind of grinder and battler. Um, I've got, and you know, he's won just there on the weekend. Uh, Jim Furyk, 
We got him at 200 to 1 for 10 places. Place might be a bit long for him, but, you know, Jim, Jim has kind of shown time and time again that that, like, length disadvantage he has, you know, he can overcome that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. you just never know. He just seems to be able to hang around in these things if it's a bit of a grind. Oh, Jim's going to win some tournaments at that level, isn't he? We did say, oh I did God, say yeah. last week 5-1, to one, but I doubled him up. So, but yeah, he's going to win some tournaments yeah. at that level. Wow. A lot, a lot, a lot. And um, I've Kevin Kisner, who's on the Woodland plan. Um I get like this. I mean, I know I've been backing him, bl- you know, almost blindly the last few weeks, but this this week feels like it's a little bit more, um, where let's say areas of his game that he might have a perceived disadvantage in, like length off the tee, um, th- those kind of maybe will get negated a little bit. I, I guess just the way the course is set up will allow a few more play- different uh, styles of players to to get involved here, and um. You know, he's got that kind of grinding, battling, scrappy mentality. Uh, he had a good day putting on the greens there on Sunday, like a really hot day putting. So um, I've also added him for a first round leader bet. And that's possibly foolish before the tee times have come out. But, you know, I like I like the fact that he had that uh, five under on Sunday. He's not an official pick, but we've been mentioning him for weeks in previous podcasts and we know that he's a grinder we know he hangs about at major championships we know his short game is razor sharp been driving the ball nicely it's the irons that are poor Matt Wallace I'm going to have a little dabble at 125 to 1 who was in the top 5 of the PJ last year I could just see Wallace gravitating to the top of the leaderboard and uh, as we know in English kind of northern European type conditions I think this golf course will suit him very, very nicely. And the, the more difficult it gets, the more chance that he's got to hang around and you know just chip in one under and two under totals each day and, and get towards the top. So I, I'd take Matt Wallace at 125 to 1. That's available right now with uh, Betfred, nine places each way, 50 odds. That's us, I think. Have you got a first round leader punt or are we gonna, we'll have to tweet something out or something around that based upon the weather forecast and two yeah. times? I, um, personally, I I won't be making any, or won't be placing any bets in the first round leader market until I've seen the um, until I've seen the forecast. I think the plan will be if um, there's something that really catches my eye um, tonight, then I'll just put together a, um, a a brief preview for it and publish it on the site tomorrow. So in that instance, I'll tweet it out and. Um, Everyone will be able to um, read my thoughts on that um, during the day on Wednesday. But yeah, I, I can see, you know, and I know you've, you've taken one, Barry, and it's, um, you know, the, the, the choice as ever is whether to take that early price and uh, and, and benefit from that. Because if you fit, fall the right side of the uh, the draw, then you'll probably find that a lot of players will get um, their prices um, lopped anyway. So. Mm. Um, it could be a master stroke, but we'll see. And uh, as ever, these forecasts can change, and we might find by the morning that it looks completely different. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll keep my powder dry until that point um, tomorrow, and then we'll uh, we'll take it from there. Just for reference, because I mentioned this last week, and someone said to me, "Can you do this?" For my four um, tips uh, on the Beth Betfair Exchange right now, we've got Shane Lowry at ninety. We've got Colin Morikara at 38. We've got Dustin Johnson at 25 and 
Brooks Kepka at 12.5. Right, should we talk English Championship to finish the show, Paul? Yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll rattle through it and, and try and do it in a, in a five-minute job. So if you want to read in any more detail about the English champ- Championship, the, the preview is on the site right now. Um, essentially, though, in a nutshell, the European Tours um, moved a little south, a little east to, to Hertfordshire, um, to Hanbury Manor, which is um, in Ware, or just outside Ware in Hearts. Um, very similar kind of setup to what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. So it's a Parkland-style track. Um, and if you thought last week's data that we used and reviewed was a little bit old, um, then this is even worse because we're looking at Hanbury Manor being used for the English Open back in 1997 to 99. Um, the seniors have played it in 2016 to 19. But other than that, you've not got a great deal to go with this particular week. Um, quick look at the market Detry 12 to 1, Rasmus Hogard 16 to 1. Lee Westwood, 18 to 1. Um, he's actually down as low as 11 to 1 in some places, but 18 to 1 is available. Westwood won one of those English Opens back in uh, 1998, it was. Uh, last week's winner, uh, Sam Horsfield, uh, 18 to 1. Uh, Ryan Fox, 22. Andy Sullivan, 28. Uh, Gavin Green, who's playing his first UK swing event this week, 28 to 1. 33 to 1 bar those players. Uh, 7,042 yard par 71, so relatively short. Parkland, as I said, it's um, a uh, Harry Varden design with some additional holes added by Jack Nicholas Jr. a few years back. Bentgrass greens, wide fairways, essentially it's for the, um, the for the tourist trade, um, you know, first and foremost. So um, the, the fairways are pretty wide. Weather's going to be good, as we saw last week. It's going to get up to about 85, maybe even touching 90 degrees by uh, by Friday, Saturday. So it's going to be some lovely British weather um, for this particular event. And the three winners here from those events that I talked about, Darren Clark at 20 under in 99, Lee Westwood at 17 under 98, and Per Ulrich Johansson at 19 under in 1997. I haven't got much to go on this week. The one thing that really caught my eye is those three names, Clark, Westwood, Johansson, all three of them have also won at the Palmer course, um, the K Club in Ireland over the, um, you know, similar kind of time spans that we're talking about in the, the late 90s, there or, there or thereabouts. Clark won once, Westwood won twice, Johansson won twice. So if you're looking for a cast iron, um, link between two tracks. I don't think I've seen one quite as pronounced as this for some time. So all three of those winners had also won on the K Club, uh, the Palmer course over there. Be careful because there are two tracks. The Smurf is the Linksy style one. The Palmer is the Parkland track that they used for the 2016 Irish Open, which was won. I can rely reliably inform you the smurfit is not links <laughs> what am i thinking it can get it it can get no it well it's it's more i'd say it'd be more like a heathland oh, okay, yeah. it's like, more yeah. open isn't it that's what i'm thinking yeah. It, it, it yeah 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 and it can get that little bit like it's springier um in the fairways mm-hmm. but yeah, it's certainly no. They're quite defined. They're quite different, though. The two tracks, the Palmer to the Smurfit, from from memory. They they do feel quite different. Yeah, I mean the the Palmer um really feels like a very 
American style parkland course, like that green. Um, oh, gonna say yeah, it's just green tree lined parkland, and the the Smurfit. Um, it's just a little bit more like uh, kind of sandy colored. You know, you just get a little bit more sand color coming through in the course, not so green. Um, yeah, so it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard to kind of pin it. Yeah. Well, I guess for the purpose of this, the Palmer course is the one that you really need to be looking at if you want to find the correlation between the two. Mm. And so I've based that on a few of my picks this week. I've gone for five, and I've I've just avoided the top of the market, I think, um, with a track that's been um, seldom played, and there's only four or five players actually in this week's field who have some competitive European tour results from going back at the end of the uh, previous century. So um, I've gone for some players who are a better fit, in my view. And again, you can read the full reasoning on the website. I've gone for Antoine Rosner, the Frenchman, 80-1, to who I put up a few weeks ago. Um, I think he's playing some good stuff. 10th last week at the Forest of Arden. Um, The putter was working nicely. I think he's a cut above a lot of these players. Um, I've stuck with Matthew Southgate, who I backed last week. He's 100 to 1 this week. And he's shown some good progressive form. 35th at Close House, 22nd at the Forest of Arden, so trending nicely. Um, South End Man, so South End to, um, and you'll know this better than me, Steve, because it's your neck of the woods. South End to Hour? Yeah, it's not that far, is it? Hour's drive, yeah. Yeah, it's a relatively short hop, isn't it? It's not far at all. Um, Max Kiefer I've backed 100 to 1 is another player with K Club form from 2016 as, as of Southgate actually Southgate finished 4th there in 2016 um, Kiefer finished 5th and the Open was 77 that week but recovered to finish in 5th spot and there's some good numbers with Kiefer I tend to put him up when um, it's a tougher track and I'm not sure we're going to get that this week yet last week he um, produced two eagles and 16 birdies. That was his best par breaker performance for over two years. Um, and he finished sixth at the Forest of Arden um, with 72% greens in regulation, which was his best performance, again, for over a year. So there's some good positive signs coming out of um, I've Max got this Kiefer. on the screen, Paul. Kiefer was 126th after round one of that Irish Open. Then he went 45th, 20th, finished fifth. Yeah, he flew through yeah, the yeah, field, yeah. didn't he? Absolutely flew through the field. Um, a couple of long shots or longer shots to finish. Dale Whitnell, who we saw um, play well at the um, British Masters at Close House. Um, he's been around for quite a while, actually, Whitnell, but um, he's, he's kind of after a period where he was completely off the scene, has started to come back. One of the, one of the challenge tour last year, and I say finished fourth at the um, British Masters a couple of weeks back. Closed with the 67 last week, and he's another local, relative local. He comes from Colchester, which is even closer than South End to this week's venue and finally um, Graham Storm at 350 to 1 who um, showed some good form again at close house finished 10th there after really struggling for the last couple of years with some wrist injuries um, he didn't play at all in 2019 due to his uh, wrist issue but um, started to come back and um, missed every cut for the start of the year but then came back after the Covid break 10th straight off the bat at uh, close house was interesting um, and again, he's got a couple of um, tangible bits of form here. A couple of wins on a uh, on bent grass green tracks. He won the South African Open, I think it was, over Rory McIlroy back a couple of years, or 2017. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that. that was, again, Rory won at the K Club, so if you're trying to draw comparisons to that. He also finished second at the K Club back in 2005, um, way back when it was the 
was it European Open back then? I think it was. So there's a few kind of pointers going to Graham Storm this week. And for 350 to 1, I'm quite happy to take a chance and see if that uh, can strike gold. Could be a mad price, that one. Before we but, yeah. disappear, I just want to... Thank you for that, Paul. Do you want to... Oh, sorry, I, I should... No, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I just wanted to highlight to the listeners our um, Bet365 majors competition. £250 of prizes or currency equivalent up for grabs in cash. Just come to Golf Betting System uh, and you will, uh, on the homepage, is a link through to how to enter. All we need you to do is tell us three players. They've got to be different tet players. It's one and done. Three players for the next three majors. So effectively, who's going to win the next three majors? The PGA, the US Open and the and the Masters in November. Uh, £150 to the winner, uh, £75 to the runner-up and £25 to the player that, or the, uh, the entry that finishes third. You have to have a Bet365 Sportsbook account. So thanks to Bet365 for sponsoring our 2020 majors competition. Much appreciated. I think that's it, Paul. It is. Yeah. Good luck, chaps. I just Hopefully really hope for an amazing major, and I just hope that some of our players. It'd be nice if, like, Ricky was in the mix for you, DJ was in the mix for me. Uh, we don't care about we Paul. Don't care about Paul. <laughs> oh, he's got DJ. Um, you know, get Lowry in there. Get you know, get some of these players in there. I just, I want some of. I want to have a bit of a sweat on Sunday. Mm. Be nice. Yeah, at 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 three a.m. I've got an M- oh, yeah, be- oh man, the time difference. Yeah, oh, it's going to be a late one for us here. No. Ball breaker. Right, thank you for your time, gentlemen. I wish you well. Cheers, Best everyone. Good luck. Have a word with that builder, Paul. He needs to stop banging the hell out of your house. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to listeners. We'll be back next week. Uh, well, uh, yeah, we will be back next week. Yeah, I'm I'm disappearing on holiday, but I will be back next week for the podcast. So. Uh, Wish you well. I hope you all have a great PGA and we'll be back very, very soon. Goodbye.